Welcome to the Builders Podcast, episode 151, Victoria Peltier, unleashing potential through personal branding, resilience, and productivity. Before we jump into this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, hit that notification bell if you're on YouTube, and after a listen, please give us a thumbs up, like, and share if we've earned it. With your help, we can reach more people and deliver these valuable from the trenches lessons to those that need it. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another The Builders. Today, we are joined by Victoria Peltier. Very good. Happy to be here. Welcome to the show. Uh, So, uh, Victoria is a corporate executive speaker, author. She does a bunch of things and she's got a lot of over 20 plus years of experience and a lot to bring to the table. Um, We are going to be talking about a a variety of things, including probably personal branding, because that's one of her core things she likes to talk about and knows about and has knowledge about. But before we get into that, the first thing we'd like to do, especially the first time we have somebody on the podcast, is uh, to dig into your story a little bit, Victoria, uh, your origin story, what made you this awesome person you are today helping people, and uh, so what that journey looked like, your, kind of your entrepreneurial journey, how, how everything led into that, and um, yeah, so with that, I'm going to hand it over to you, and you can tell <laughs> us the short version, long version, whatever you feel like today. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, Matt. As I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here and uh, chatting with uh, you and subsequently your audience. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the who I am, what I've done, and then I will step back afterwards and tell you kind of my, my why um, and, and what's caused me to sort of drive as hard as I have. So I am a 20 plus year corporate executive. I became COO of a, a large private outsourcing company at age 24. I was a brand new mother. It was a stretch rule for me. Uh, and ever since then, I have stayed in predominantly the B2B corporate services environment, professional services, consulting technology, um, and outsourcing services with some periods of time where I focused on certain slices of that. Uh, the Getting my first exec role so young, however, did come on the heels of quite a number of years of work experience. I started working at 11. Oh, wow. uh, at four, yes, I worked in a hair salon doing everything except for hair at that point. Uh, by 14, I was the assistant manager of the shoe store I worked at um, while I was in high school. And then at 16, I had graduated high school and went to university and worked in a bank leading large call center operations, got promoted in, incredibly quickly. And, and it was that experience that got me recruited directly out um, into that first COO role. Now, a lot of people ask me to uh, try and under, like explain what do I attribute my career success to, and I'm happy to share some of those things. Mm-hmm. But I said I'd go back to the origin story. People want to know, like, why did I start working so long, uh, so young? Why have I been so driven? And so for me, it comes as a result of one being born to a drug addicted teenage mother who was exceptionally abusive to me. Oh. I am fortunate. I was adopted by a loving family, um, someone who knew my biological mother. So after several abusive episodes, Julie, my bio mom, would give me to this couple. And eventually the woman who became my mother asked to take me away from that. 
lower socioeconomic um, position. My dad was a janitor. My mom a secretary. And my mom said to me, I think when I was 11, 12 years old, she said, Tori, you need to do better than us. And for her, that meant my education, my vocation. You know, they never had money to go for us to do vacations. I couldn't go on school trips. That's part of why I started working so early was I never went without food or clothing, but all the extras. But I'm going to say that, Matt, she never needed to tell me to be better than them, um, uh, to do better. Because for me, although I don't know at 11 or 12, I can um, express it the way I can now. I was determined I was going to be better than biology, where I came from in Julie's world, uh, and then the circumstance of my family's. So that's a big part of my why and has caused me to drive incredibly hard to be better than. And now it's about being better than the, the, the last version of myself, you know, me the day before. Uh, and it's also allowed me one of the other, you know, elements of success for me is about being incredibly resilient and learning how to deal with challenge and adversity when it comes my way. Wow. So, I mean, you kind of, that's your why that's, that's what, you know, you, what drives you, but it's still like, how did, cause there's a lot of people that come from that background or that happens to you and they go the other direction and they mm-hmm. don't find their way through it and aren't resilient. And was there, was there an influence besides like, was it your new family that somebody that influenced you or it's just something that was in you that just, you just were instead of something switched in you or just maybe it's your makeup that just got you, got yeah, you going. You know, it, it's a, it, it's a great way to like think about it. And I have many times over and this whole nature nurture um, kind of debate. And so for me, I think it's both. I do believe innately there is something in my DNA that has caused me to be the fighter, right? Fight or flight. I am a fighter. Mm. Uh, I sign a majority of my social media posts with two tags. One of them is unstoppable. So nothing is going to prevent me from getting to the goal or objective that I've set for myself. And the other one is no excuses which drives my children insane. Um, but for, for me, what that means is actually that we have choice and how we are going to respond to things. We can't prevent in many cases, we can't prevent the challenge or the obstacle that will come our way. Now, some right. people invite drama into their lives. That's a different story. But I mean, for just the stuff that's going to happen, and I'm a deeply emotional person, so I, I might have an emotion immediately. Anger, sadness, happiness, whatever it is to whatever has come my way. But then I have a choice in terms of how I'm going to move forward. And so for me, I think it was a combination um, of the DNA, the fighter in me, um, with um, this desire to, again, be better than, but just I was not let anyone you know, stop me. So I then learned, and this is the nurture part, how to move past the challenge or adversity. How was I going to deal with it? How could I develop a healthy way of being resilient to move forward? Yeah. And then you start, then you start taking action and you start to uh, get these jobs at a young age and you start working. And, um, and obviously you were, you were something about you too, that well, you had some talent there and you started doing well in these areas. Um, that's, that's amazing. It's just always fascinating to me because it's like I said, I mean, you know, um, I've had my journey too, where I've had a lot of ups and downs and I haven't always been resilient. Well, I mean, I guess I've been resilient, but I've failed a lot, like a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, and it wasn't until recent, this recent decade that I kind of got my stuff together. Uh, but, 
<laughs> but we learn from all that. But it, it, but you know, I look at myself. Like my father was kind of in business or and and stuff, and he influenced me. But I always like to look at those things because because we do we all start in different places. But sometimes it's not even the circumstances that uh, that w- what drives us. It's that something in your DNA that you're a fighter. Something in your makeup. Yeah. But hopefully it's learnable though, because there's a lot of people out there that don't have that. Like, you know, how do you how do you get somebody that to can you teach that? <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's. I think, there's, I think there's an element, Matt, that you can, and for some people, it might actually require therapy, and that's okay. Mm. And it, therapy can come in many forms. So for me, I never, you know, um, had formal therapy like with a counselor. My mom, however, was an amazing woman who she took this very broken and scarred little girl, literally and figuratively. And she was the one who helped me understand feelings and emotion and what was triggering. So, I mean, I was very much full of fear, particularly of rejection, right? My, if my biological mother could do what she did to me, then what about the rest of the world? That sat with me for a long time. So my mom was, so she was a big part of the therapeutic, um, element of, and my ability to be self-aware, um, and, um, you know, be critical of myself and understand why. But I think for other people that therapy can come in the, the more traditional way we talk about it in terms of psychologists and counselors for some people in business. And, um, and maybe if you're listeners, it's whether it's an executive coach or in many cases, I actually just call it an accountability coach. So mm. talking about being unstoppable and moving past um, obstacles and challenges, someone who's going to hold you accountable to developing the plan to move through that and taking action. And so I do think, you know, there's gonna, there's, there's some of that DNA bit, but I, I do think you can learn and you can have help to move you forward in that process. I think probably a lot of that is, is who, who's, who you're surrounding yourself with. Right. Oh, exactly. I mean, if, if you get stuck in and you're just surrounded by people that are negative and abusive or whatever, but you never find the light to get out of that or, or you know, because, yeah, I mean, I think that's even today, like even as your life goes on, you surround yourself with positive people doing things. And and like if you're in business, especially you want to have friends in business that are excelling and, and working hard and, and are positive and. It's very easy to identify the people that aren't that. Maybe I should distance myself a little bit from them and yeah. hang out with these people. But oh, that's interesting. So, so you, okay, so you go through high school and then you, did you go to college? Did you go to? I did. I did. Went to college. Yeah. So I, I skipped a couple of grades. So I graduated at 16 versus 18 most for most of my classmates and went to wow. university. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, sometimes this goes back to that, like, again, nature nurture thing. Cause I'm like. My biological mother wasn't made very poor choices. Um, however, there, and then I think my biological dad, I never knew him. I think he was like a, a taxi driver or something. So again, I'm, I, I'm not sure. doesn't mean that like taxi drivers are not smart. It's just, I don't know where the smarts come. Although I do know that on my bio mom's side of the family, um, one of my biological aunts is, you know, works for, or, or I think she's retired now, but for the Betty Ford Clinic as a mm. psychologist. The other one was a university professor. So clearly it runs somewhere there. Yes. Um, and my mom was constantly pushing me hard, hard, hard to like, you know, do better. Um, and so I, I actually thought I was going to be a lawyer though. I think probably watching too much like LA law <laughs> in the eighties with my mom, that was one of her shows. That was probably um, what informed, you know, my decision to be a lawyer. 
But what changed it for me was, um, as I said earlier, I became a like assistant manager of a shoe store at 14. So that was my first experience leading people. Yeah, you were a manager then, at 14. You're not just yeah, work, yeah, you know, yeah. trying people's shoes uh, on. Or <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I started working for um, a bank when I was in university in their contact center because it created great flexibility to work around my school schedule. Mm. And in less than six months, I got promoted into a leadership role there as well. Wow. And I took the opportunity to um, do additional courses through the bank to, I got, had my securities license. I, so at one point I was leading the discount brokerage side of their contact center operations. And that, um, the, and then they offered me an opportunity why it was planning on then going at, at the end of my undergrad to go to law school. And they offered me a relocation across the country for a new, new, more senior role in leadership. And so I thought I was just going to take a year off and do that and enjoy. Uh, but I realized, Matt, that I, I really did love business and the complexity. There was like very, very early days, days of digital transformation. They didn't even call this 25 years ago. They didn't even call it that yeah. 30 years ago, maybe now. Um, and, uh, and, and I love that world, but I also really enjoyed the leadership aspect. And so never went to law school. Um, and although I think I read more contracts these days then maybe <laughs> I would have otherwise, but, yeah. uh, I've, I've loved it. And so that's been a little, and I've also built and bought businesses as well. So for, I know many of your listeners are entrepreneurs. Uh, and so I've always had that as a side hustle, some of which were passion projects that turned into full on businesses and others were just investments. And in some cases, one, I, I, I bought a data and analytics company and, um, as an investment and then ended up running it as its CEO before I then sold it. So yeah. I've got, I, I'm a, entrepreneur in the large corporations I work for, but also have this great entrepreneurial spirit on the side. Yeah. And that's interesting how like you can start out thinking you're going to do something with your life. And, uh, but if you're observant or you, you realize I, I don't, I really enjoy this over here though. Let me explore that. Let me go in that direction. Um, yeah, I think that's, it's very common with entrepreneurs too. It's like, <laughs> you think you're, we, we tend to, you know, Follow the fun, our passion, figure out <laughs> yeah. what's, we're not like on this, on the rails Well, we're just going to go. We just want to make money. I heard that if I become a X that I can make a bajillion dollars and have a stable life, we don't, yeah. but uh, no, that's, that's awesome. So, and then you, so you're buying, you're, you're creating businesses along the way. You're, you're, so obviously you, you love business, which is good. I do. I do. That's good. Um, and, and then kind of, when did you, so you worked for corporations though and stuff, right? And so you were, you had the salary, the salary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, that's stability, probably. I, I, I dabbled in a little stability for a few years. <laughs> um, but business is not so much. When did, when did you, when you were, what was the biggest first risk that you took like with a business, like uh, something you just went after and, and uh, burned all your bridges or whatever you did. <laughs> took the um, risk. So I, I am, um, I'm incredibly tolerant of risk. So I feel like I've always, always taken risk, but to your point, I have a salary and there's a safety net. So yeah. you and I were joking around whether we have like our, the artistic streaks in us that we've tried at some point in our lives. Well, so I started acting when I was young. My mom actually put me into modeling that led its way into doing some acting. 
Uh, but I was very aware that that was not going to pay my mortgage. I bought my first house at 19. Uh, and so although I was a paid actor, um, I worked as well while, and also went to school. I bought the casting agency, the first bold move, the casting agency that was representing me, um, the two guys that had owned it. And I'm originally from Canada. Uh, and Vancouver is a very large market for filming. And the two guys had come from Vancouver to the Calgary, which is where I grew up. And they wanted to go back. And so I had been helping them out um, in educating some of the new people who were coming in because I'd, um, you know, been, I'd taken a lot of acting classes. And so I came in and I helped them. And when I knew they wanted to leave, I thought, maybe I just buy this business. So here I was at, I'm not even sure if I, I might've been barely 20, but again, I, in university, work, um, working almost like full time, the little bit of paid acting gigs. Um, and then I bought this casting agency. Um, and so wow. that was my first like kind of bold move. Uh, and then I've had others since. So I, I will actually say me leaving, I'd spent the longest I've ever worked at one place has been almost six years. And for that, that bank that I worked for, when I got recruited to go and be the COO, um, for this business process outsourcing company, BPO for short, I was a brand new mother. I had just given birth to my first child a few months earlier. I was leaving the security of working for one of Canada's largest banks, uh, mm. and where I was well-respected and held a pretty good role. So I took risk in what was a more secure environment still of, you know, carrying a salary, um, but then still, but that's always allowed me to do a little bit more of these riskier ventures on the side, whether it's building new businesses or acquiring some. So you're taking calculated risk basically, right? You have, you're not yeah. like, like betting the farm on, on and I could go. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, again, it's another fascinating aspect of, of people in business or entrepreneurs. Um, you know, I've, I've known a lot of people have started businesses and stuff over time and, and who had you know, a corporate job and they built this thing on the side. And then when it started making money, then they are to a certain level, then they could feel comfortable. Some people just dive in, <laughs> they leave everything behind and, or they lost their job and we're just going to start. And, um, and some people start with, with nothing, but, uh, that's, that's interesting. So you have, <laughs> so you're, and, and you're, you're 20 years old and you're buying business for the first time. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's unique. You were, you were ahead, you were ahead of the game. Um, <laughs> uh, so how did you get, so what do you, what do you do today? Uh, how did we get where we are today and what do you do? What are you doing exactly today? Yeah. Or, so my... like, I feel like you're going to probably be doing like a dozen things. I just, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, so I'm actually in career transition. I made a decision to leave. I worked for Accenture, which is one of the world's largest technology and consulting firms. I left this past summer of 23 uh, and I'm looking for the next C-suite job. Um, I do want, and it's funny because a lot of people as I'm in transition are saying, why don't you make your like side gig, your permanent one? And per our conversation, I don't want to. I like big, hairy, complex businesses. That gets me really excited. So I wanna to continue to do that as either the CEO, um, chief commercial officer or chief operating officer for um, another company, ideally smaller. I'm, I've spent the last 10 or 15 years working for Fortune 100 companies, Accenture, IBM, American Express, Aon. So I'm, I'm ready to like bring it into a smaller organization. So that's my goal. So right now I spend a lot of time networking and, and figuring out what that's gonna look like. My, I do sit on a couple of boards. 
uh, one not-for-profit and one for-profit. Uh, and I am a professional um, public speaker and regular media guest. And so I, I literally just got back last night from filming. It's sort of embargoed, so I can't tell you what it's for, but this very large production um, video podcast series where the celebrity is actually the host and then interviews a number of us. And so doing wow. a lot of things like, like that, that's pretty cool. Uh, and I've just written two books, the first of which will be published in February and the next will come um, later in March because I am not good if I haven't demonstrated this with being idle. So while I knew I was in transition, I had a little bit more capacity and time. So I decided to um, write the book. And uh, lastly, I have a couple of um, coaching clients that I work with. I do a lot of coaching on personal brand and one or two people um, from an executive coaching standpoint. I just, I just sensed it. I knew that you weren't just doing one thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's that that's, and it's incredible. We should be talking about productivity today. How you do all this stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, actually that's a, that's a good question. Like, how do you, how do you balance? Like, yeah, just, how do you balance it all? How do you, do you have, I mean, do you have a fa family now and, and a family life and kids and, <laughs> or are you, where are you in that stage of your life and how um, that's, how does that map to what you're doing? So I believe you can have it all, not all at the same time or not without compromise and trade-offs. And so, yes, I am married. However, I had my children quite young, so I have just become an empty nester. My children are 23, soon to be 24, and the younger one is 19 and a half. Okay. Um, and so the younger one graduated high school a year ago, is taking a gap year, but who knows, I could be a gap two or three, but um, moved back to Canada to live with my older son who was in college when I relocated back to the US. And so empty nesters. So I've got a lot more time on my hands. I used to coach my kids hockey or my younger ones hockey team. And so all of that has gone away. So that's created capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I have this saying where there's conviction, there's capacity. And so for me, the things I maintain conviction over are things that bring me personal or professional joy or value. I'm a fitness fanatic. I work out six days a week. And so some of the ways I balance it all, I live by my calendar. Um, you know, I need to schedule everything in and, and I'm okay with that. Uh, but I work out first thing in the morning. So I block my calendar so no one would book me for an early call um, so that I wasn't still in my gym gear um, when getting back home. And then I've learned how to create these boundaries around, again, going back to personal or professional joy or value, the things that don't bring that I say no to, or I delegate or I outsource, you know, so I joke when, when I met my, my husband and it's a second marriage for me, when he moved in with the children and I, um, I had people who cleaned the, the house and he was never like accustomed to that. I'm like, well, babe, let's be clear. Like, and doing, he, they did my laundry. And that was the weirder part for him. And he's like, I don't know if I want them to do my laundry. I'm like, well, let's be clear. Like doing laundry doesn't bring me any joy. Right. Um, I'm like, so we have two choices here. I, we can continue to pay the cleaners to do our laundry or you can do them. And so now almost 10 years later, he still does our laundry. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, so that's just a way of like. It, um, make, it brings him know. joy. So that's, that's what matters, right? Yeah, I don't know if you'd say it brings him joy, but <laughs> he still does it. Wow, wow. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, saying no to things. Because I always, I mean, I, I run an agency. I don't do as much as you. I have a podcast. I run an agency. <laughs> I run a team. I, I do all of that. And, and I think about my days. They're jam-packed with things. You know, I have my routines. And um, 
and schedules and stuff, but, but you know, you're like next level. And <laughs> well, you know, I, I, cause when I hear there's a lot of people who want to move out of like corporate into their entrepreneurial journey and I hear lots of excuses. So I go back to my no excuses and I'm like, look, there's your nine to five. Not that we all, we only work nine to five, but just for the sake of this, there's your nine to five and then there's your five to nine and you choose how you're going to spend that. If you want to binge Netflix all night right. and not work on your passion side project, side hustle to help it grow to a point where you could move. Well, then again, that's a choice you make. Uh, so again, like let's, let's make some choices around the things we maintain conviction around to create the capacity to be able to do it. Yeah. And figure out what's important for you. I mean, there's things that I've had to cut out, especially as my business has grown and stuff like that. I, I used to, I think back, I mean, I have regrets like this time period. I spent way too much time, you know, playing games or doing whatever, you know, like I could have been working on something like that would have, you know, furthered my life. Um, but, uh, but, you know, and so it's like, it's, I imagine you don't have like everything you, you said, it's, it brings joy. It brings, you know, you're fulfilled and you're not doing anything. That's, I mean, you must have some things that are unproductive. Like, Oh yeah. You must at it's least funny. like sit and watch oh, Netflix cool. once in a while and binge. I, I, I do. And it's funny. Cause when I first met my husband, I remember telling him that I'm like, I don't watch television and I didn't have time for it. But in large part, my children were much younger. They were 13 and nine. Um, when he first came into our lives, my, my ex had passed away. So I was a single, single parent. Oh my gosh. Sorry uh, to hear that. And, um, uh, and I traveled extensively for work. And so there wasn't time. So it was the truth back then that I didn't really watch television, but now I, I do watch, you know, so we, we have a great friend group. And so I also, one of the things that brings me joy is like going and hanging out with my friends. We do happy hour several times a week and, and then come back and I'm like, babe, can we put on like an episode of Naked and Afraid or the new one, the Squid Game one that, that's back on again? I'm <laughs> yeah. like, can you just throw that on? And he's not a t television watcher, but that, that is a little bit of my like downtime right before we're getting ready for bed. Yeah. yeah. You gotta have, you gotta have that. Even if you have all this stuff, you still have to find that time. Yeah. Like I, I took up hiking this year. That's my thing. Like I'm actually just taking like every other week is my current goal to go out in the woods and go hiking. Yeah. But uh, it's like little things like that. or just, you know, having times of the week that you can, yeah. Cause you can be, and you can still, and you're still all as productive as you are. Um, but I think maybe you value those time value those times a little bit more too. Like if you're more structured and like this, like I can relax because I know I did everything I could this week um, in other areas. Uh, very cool. Uh, so let's let's actually talk. Let's let's pivot a little bit and talk a little bit about personal branding because I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious. Your your because this is kind of your thing. Um, what your thoughts are about personal branding? Um, I'm very interested in it. I think I was just talking to, I'm going to have a guy on the 19th or so I, I'm recording at the 19th. He's an AI guy, like expert, like you, he's yeah. had tons of businesses, whatever. And, um, and very, I can tell he's a very smart guy, but he was, but he, one of the things he's noticed, especially with AI coming into the picture is personal branding is going to be more and more important. Uh, when it comes around to content and setting yourself apart and all this stuff. So, so I, you know, everyone's kind of thinking about that, but it, uh, what, what are your kind of, how do you, what angle do you come at it from uh, helping people with personal branding? Uh, so for, 
for me, um, I realized the importance of branding and I don't know if I would have used, like it wasn't my vernacular to call it personal branding 20 years ago, but when I made the shift out of banking operations into business to business professional services, where many of the ways we get our businesses by responding to RFPs. Now that's the last, I, I'm a big proponent of relationship based selling. Um, however, you're also selling to people that are part of the decision-making process that you might not yet have made relationships with. Mm -hmm. But I realized that um, we needed to find a way to differentiate not only the company brand and standing out from our competitors, but from the commercial team who was out there, the sales and the client management team from others. In, in, so for me, I will say a significant part of my career success has been a result of building a very strong brand. This is actually probably the first time in my career I've had to intentionally be looking for a job because I am always found. But it was also my decision to leave when I left my last employer. Right. And what I realized is, well, this is pretty simple, but people do business with people they like and trust, and therefore they want to do business with. And I mean, COVID certainly amplified the importance of a digital profile. Uh, but I think about uh, the last, you know, 10 years, I've been also leading large consulting teams and you're buying consultants, um, who, who come with a certain subject matter expertise or experience in a function or a field, but there's many that do that. So how do you differentiate yourselves? So for me, where I find there's four parts, I think to a holistic, um, personal brand and most people understand the first one, which is what is my subject matter expertise? Again, that can be a function. So the guy you're having on that is AI, but for other people, it could be, Hey, I'm a finance expert and I'm an expert in a certain field or like industry. And so again, I find that's the easy part, you know, um, to put that together. And so, but that's where most people, I'm going to say go wrong in their brand is they stop it there. You look at their LinkedIn profile, even their, the, the, the one liner that sits under your name for many people, they just leave it as their job title in the company they work for. Mm. You are more than your role in the company you work for. Um, and there isn't a lot of loyalty in business and people are, are doing, we know that people quit, not companies, they quit their leaders. And so people want to buy from, you know, from people as well. So the first part is what you do, your subject matter expertise and the experience that you've had. The next is a little bit of storytelling. Who are you as a human? What are the passions and interests that you have? The values, this is what's the hook. This gets people go, oh, you know, like for me, I'm, I, I played hockey for 20 years and I was a hockey mom. And like, that was a great way in business to start talking, especially as a Canadian when I was still living in Canada, sure. right? Yeah. Um, but, um, but also the values and what I stand for. So I, I do a lot of advocacy work around the advancement of women and the LGBT community and diversity and inclusion in general. So yeah. that's something that will build connection with others. The next part is what makes you different than others. So why would I choose consultant A over consultant B? They've both got equal experience. I like this one. They play, they, I, we've got shared interests, but maybe this other one does too. So how are they different then. So creating this, you, you, it sounds like product marketing, but the unique value proposition of you, right? Think of it as you are the CEO of brand you. And so how are you different from others? And so for me, an example of that is I operate with radical candor. I don't know if you've read the book by Kim Scott. She talks about being incredibly direct, 
not to be mean, but to do it from a place of care and compassion. So hmm. she shares a story. She used to work for Sheryl Sandberg, who gave her some tough feedback that she needed to hear, but it's actually dramatically changed the way she could move forward. And so I am like that. I've, I don't tell clients what they want to hear, so they'll buy from me. I tell them what they need to hear. Right. But that makes me very different than others in the professional services space. And then the last component of personal brand is around your legacy and impact. What do you want to be known for? I have been very successful in business. I'm, I've got some nicknames like the turnaround queen, the CEO whisperer. Um, I've done 18 mergers and acquisitions for the companies I've worked for and probably another 20 for clients I've supported. None of that is going to be on a Victoria's tombstone. That's not how I want to be known. I want to be known for leaving this world in a better place than when I came into it and advocating for underrepresented groups, really caring about um, um, equality and social justice. And I also want to leverage the challenges and experience I've had to motivate and inspire people and also understand that they too can live their own version of their unstoppable life. That's, a, that's, my, that's the legacy I'm going to leave. So when I'm out there... Um, both in the digital format and certainly when you meet me in person, that, that's the other thing. There's no different version of Victoria. I might wear inappropriate tank tops at the gym um, and I'll take a <laughs> selfie and put it on my private Facebook or Instagram page. I'm never afraid that if my a client saw it, but that's, that's not what I'm putting on LinkedIn. Um, but what you will see is me talking about elements of all the things. Here's what I do. And so I'm going to share a piece on, you know, the future of work or something on diversity and inclusion. But then I'm actually going to tell, and I'll weave in some personal stories within it. And then the other things that I do that are connected to legacy and impact. So I'd encourage your listeners to shape their brand in this much more whole person way um, of showing up. So for you, is this something that happened overnight or you sat down one evening and you sketched all this out? Like this is no, this is what I, I'm doing. This is my legacy. This is my story. How so I'm going to differentiate myself? I got to figure it out. Okay, let's do it tomorrow. Or is that a process? No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it is a process. Yeah, I know. So Matt, I as I said, I didn't even I wasn't even using the phrase personal branding twenty something years ago yeah, when I started yeah. it. Uh, and it's been it's been an evolution. What I do, I actually the first book that I've got coming out in 20, not first, it's, it'll be my second book that I've written. It's coming out, but it's the first of 2024 coming out is on personal branding. And it's because I kept seeing people just getting it wrong. They were just doing that sort of that first part and how they were showing up. I want to help people get to a strong personal brand faster than I did. Um, and um, so no, it didn't come overnight. It took years of evolution to be able to articulate it the way I do now. Right. And what I would also say is it, it, you will need to pivot and change as you evolve and grow and your goals and objectives change who you want to be, what, and what you want to be known for are going to change at 20. I could not have articulated the legacy as I can, can now. I don't, I don't think I, I had it. I just yeah. wanted to be successful in business. And then as I achieved more of that success in business, I realized like, you know, stature and compensation was n nothing to do with how I define success anymore for myself. It was something very, very different. So it's going to evolve and change, but start now. So like my older one who's come out of college, I'm like, buddy, you need to set up a LinkedIn profile. And he's like, oh, mom, that's for old people. I was like, <laughs> well, dude, those are the old people that are going to be hiring you. Yes, um, and right. so I'm like, start now, start yeah. now. 
and then again, evolve and change over time, but start now with the knowledge that you need to be thinking about those four things. I think, I think it's kind of stressful. You're trying to figure out um, who am I and what are all these, these four areas. And, but yeah, it's something that's, <clears throat> excuse me, flu fluid, right? It's going to change as you evolve, as your life or your career or your business, whatever changes and opportunities come. And um, some of those things can become a rock. Like you're always going to have kind of the same belief systems and, um, you know, that probably the legacy is probably the thing that's going to be, I mean, your story will evolve too, but you know, figuring that, that stuff out. That's, man, you know, like, so if, if somebody, if somebody is, where, where do you think most people are right now? Like the average person, are they even thinking about any of these things or are they, have they just figured out what the title is? <laughs> they haven't gotten past that. I think most people have part one down pat, part right? one. Like, you know, what, what you do, where you work, what your expertise is. And then I think they know that they need to be showing up and have a much stronger digital presence. And this is the part that actually, it was the impetus for me deciding to write the book. I, yes, I do some coaching on the side. In fact, LinkedIn had ranked me when I worked for IBM, um, LinkedIn ranked me IBM's number one social seller worldwide. That's what really wow. the, the strength of your brand. Um, and, but it's more than just your brand. It is how you engage with the network and, and that kind of thing. And so IBM had asked me to develop training for its other executives. So this is where much more of this started. I was kind of doing it really informally and it formalized like six years ago when I was doing that. And I see people just get it wrong in my opinion. And that's, as I said, they've got the first part down, here's my expertise and they know they have to do more online. So what do they do? They go and take their company materials and just push it out constantly. And so what I see that it's just like, it's a turnoff for me when they show up in my social feed and all they're doing is like selling their company's like latest product or service. Right. I don't know who they are. This right. is it. See, I, so I, that's where I think, that's where I think most people are right now. They know yeah. they need to do more online. They just don't know how exactly. So kind of the next step, like forgetting number three and four for a second. I mean, number two is that is building, creating your story, right? Who you are and how you show up on social media and, and, and helping people get to know you. That's yeah. why I always think like, like podcasts are awesome. And I don't know if even everyone that comes on my podcast um, sees it through my same eyes. Like, I think this is an opportunity for us to get to know you. That's why I like people to tell their story in the beginning because if I'm going to do business with you, if you're going to coach me or I'm going to buy your product or services or whatever, I want to know who's behind that company. And I may decide I don't like them, but I might decide if you got a good story that I do. But you're not going to resonate with everybody. But yeah. but putting it out there and finding kind of your tribe and people that, that do connect with you, I think um, you have to do that by telling a story. Where do you start with that? Do you kind of look at what is a story? Like, is that... Is the story, how personal does that get? And, and does, or is it your business story? Is it your origin story? What, what, it, what should be people be, and is it just on social media or are there other platforms? I'm throwing a few questions at you. Yeah, you are, Matt. <laughs> uh, so I think, I mean, what I didn't say in kind of the, the, those four areas is, I mean, there, there's much more to the brand around that. And so it is under, who is your audience? Um, yeah. You, I mean, in, you, I would first encourage people, why are you building your brand? I imagine for most, it's advancement in career or entrepreneurial uh, ventures, or maybe you want to be a thought leader in the industry like a Simon Sinek or Brene Brown or Adam Grant or one of these you know, folks. 
like what are what what's your goal or objective here and who is i'll just use the phrase buying you what i mean whether they're buying a service or they're hiring you um but and, and so what kind of stories are going to resonate with that audience so i do think you need to sit down and think about who is my target audience here and as you said I, i'm not for ev- i am not for everyone you mm-hmm. know so i'm i'm we're not getting into politics, but I am, you know, a, a fiscal conservative, social liberal, and my values and the things I advocate for come out very clearly in how I show up. People will make an assumption about how I might vote as a, as a regards to that, or the fact that um, I should tell you I'm openly queer. I was married to a woman before being married to my husband. That's not going to connect with certain people. But I also embrace my authenticity and 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 who and how I show up. Right. And so for. So going back to that, you know, or one of those many questions you asked me, I mean, know who your audience is and like, and to build connection with them. And then to the other question, I think you need to, you need to find stories that represent you as your whole human. And so you don't need to be as open, as vulnerable as, as I am. I started sharing it because I do so much discussion around career advancement, what's driven me, all of these things. And I'm doing a disservice if I don't actually tell people where I came from. So that's why I choose to share it, but also around my legacy. And I want to help people be more resilient and overcome adversity, but then also personal like stories. So I had a, um, a really tough 2022 yet. I won a bunch of awards. And if everyone looked at me online, socially, they think, think it was amazing. We started with my husband's serious back surgery. My father-in-law passed away. I had a horrible accident and I was in a wheelchair for months. I had my younger one has some mental health issues and we had roller coaster there. Like it was not a good year, but I made a point of sharing this, that story. And particularly I actually posted a horrible photo of me, like, you know, coming out of the ambulance as the main picture, but just to, to talk about again, resilience that ties back yeah. to who I am. And I shared it, you know, shared that and said, you might think it's shiny and there's a filter and you see I winning awards and all these things, but this is real life. Um, and so I would encourage that tell stories that are meaningful to build connection and, and maybe even just inspire people to want to follow or connect with you. And sorry, last question, is it off digital or no, it's everything for me. I don't, first of all, I don't have two separate networks. I connect with people everywhere and there's no different version of Victoria. As I said, I might not post the inappropriate tank top on my, like my corporate public feed. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't be afraid if anyone saw it. So I would encourage people to be their authentic selves. IRL as my young one tells me in real life, as much as on the digital platforms. That's great. Thank you for, and I just, my brain is like, like I want, I want to, there's so many things I want to dig into. Um, cause you know, like I said, personal brand's amazing and, and your four points here are amazing. We could dig into every single one. We won't, of course, we'll come you next time you come in. Well, <laughs> okay. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think, I, I think about it from the perspective, like I, I don't know how good I am at social media, but we've been doing it for a few years and I, I try to think about my personal brand and I have a little help with that. And, um, but part of me is like not even thinking about the business aspect of it. Like I, part of what I do, I try to, I want to give back. Right. And I feel like I want to take the lessons I've learned and hopefully by sharing my story and what I've done and what I've gone through that we inspire somebody. 
that's it. it. To me, that's what it boils down to for me. It's like, I just want to inspire somebody. That's kind of my legacy too. I, I want to have someday, you know, think about, you know, Matt, you know, it inspired a lot of people to do more in their lives and, you know, get on the right path and that type of thing. And I think, I think those, those are all really, really good, good points. Well, I, <laughs> like I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw more questions at you. And we'll be here all day. Um, but I, I really do appreciate you, sh you sharing your story. Um, and you are obvious, you're an amazing, amazing person. I, like, I, I just think about not, not only the productivity side of it, all the things you're doing, but just the impact you're having in the world. And I love talking to people that are having impact. And you definitely are one, you're going to inspire a lot of people. Um, but, but thank you for joining us, Victoria. Um, until next time. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was great to be here. That's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Again, please subscribe if you haven't already and give us a thumbs up if we deserve it. If you want to comment on this episode's page, provide me with requests on topics for future episodes, or inquire about being a guest, please find your way to thebuilders.fm. You can contact me there or add a comment under these show notes. Now a word from our sponsor. My agency, Unified Web Design. We build custom websites, features, we maintain websites, we work with agencies to fulfill their web design and development needs, and more. If you are interested in our services or are looking for an agency to work with as a partner to build awesome sites for your clients, feel free to reach out to me at unifiedwebdesign.com. There's a handy contact me link at the top. Fill out that form and it will open a ticket and that ticket will find its way to me. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time.